Hey everyone, excited to continue on in our You Got a Friend in Me series. Uh, my name is Adam, as you know, and today we have... Emily. And a very special <laughs> guest. Yeah, this is Mrs. E. <laughs> and Mrs. Zanty. She's here um, because she plays a very important role in our story, your story in particular, but then that became our story together that we share. Um, but also because... Uh, we're going to be talking today about the relationships between mothers and their children uh, and how that leaves a legacy uh, into eternity. And you have one or two kids? Uh, <laughs> how many kids do you have? Seven. And how many grandkids will you have? Uh, Eleven in May. Eleven. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And so a veteran mother and then my own wife is an amazing blessing and gift to two daughters and uh and is just a fountain of wisdom for a bunch of young moms in our community and so thank you for that and uh, we're hoping that the kind of seasoned veteran wisdom combined with emily's fervor and passion will bring us a beautiful deposit for our moms today so yeah we'll see what happens so okay so uh this isn't your mom but you Correct. consider her a mother in many ways and so sure. could you guys kind of go back and forth a little bit about how that came to be what were those early days like why did you end up living at her house no, why did you end up taking this girl in she's already crying <laughs> and uh yeah 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 you want to start um yeah, so Emily was part of our kids' um, young adults, at, or was it youth at the time? Yeah. Well, church two of our yeah, yeah, two of our kids. And um, that time she needed a place to stay, and um, we took her in. Yeah. Yeah, your oldest daughter was moving out, and Peter yes. told me that there was a room available That's in the right. house. And he's like, yeah. well, I'll just go ask my mom. It'll be fine. You can move in. That's what he said. And uh, literally that week, I think we packed up my stuff in a truck and I moved in. Yeah. Not even having met you, really. No, that's I true. had hardly ever even really met you and Mr. Z. And uh, I moved in that week and God was just all over it. Y'all gave me a place to live. I was brand new Christian, just found my faith for the first time ever, um, found a community and a group of friends that I just started to walk with and it was, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. So you guys didn't have a relationship. So people are going to be seeing this and be like, that's crazy. Like, so for you, Miss Z, why would you do that? It's, and it's not as simple as she just needed a place. Like, cause you're not doing that for everybody. Well, no, but I think at the time too, I trusted my kids at the time and it's not unheard of that we had kids with us mm. prior to that. So when Peter said, you know, mom, maybe this is a good idea. This will bring Emily in. Yeah. Then uh, my husband and I, Tony and I just thought, yeah, why not? Mm. We had room. Mm -hmm. Not really. But we stuck her in the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a unique dynamic right there. Like you said, I trust my kids. Yes, like, I did at that point. Yes, I did. Like yeah. I think back and I'm like, if I came to my parents and were like, hey, uh, this random person, <laughs> um, can they just live in our house? Like, there's no way that yeah. would ever happen. Right. How did you build that dynamic and that level of trust with your yeah. kids where you could trust them? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if that was like just 
thought of. I think it's just because when we lived on the farm, we took kids in. So it was just part of what we did. So it wasn't really that. Yeah, so it just was kind of a natural thing. It's in your culture. It's yeah, in your DNA as yeah, a family. Yeah, and, and we had already had another, I think, troubled youth in the home at that time because my oldest son was working for youth at the time and um, the youth group here, up here. And there was a very troubled young man that mm-hmm. needed a place for a couple of weeks and it ended up mm-hmm. to be seven years in and out. Wow. Yeah. So at that time, we were fresh already. I think Zach was already in. Maybe I shouldn't have said the name. But anyway, and then Emily came in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it was kind of like, yeah, it just became, it was natural, put it that way, for me at the time. Already I'm seeing, we're getting into it right away here. Let's do it. Already I'm seeing, you have a culture in you that the Spirit has led you to desire to do something for those without, like to take care of the widow and the orphan. <laughs> Don't grieve you. I'm not crying. You're crying. They're all going to cry. Everyone's yes. crying. Yes, and, very much. And that early on multiplied yeah. into your kids. Yes, it where did. Where they recognize yeah. and they now have a rubric to say yeah. and involve you in that mission and ministry yes. together. That's yes. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You combine like almost like Peter's desire for evangelism and shepherding, yeah. which he's so good at, with like, your heart too. And it's just so cool how the whole family's gifts really do serve one another and work together mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. So Emily, um, you're in this house, you're young in faith. You're, uh, what was that? What were you seeing? What was God teaching mm-hmm. you through being, oh, yeah. being around oh, no, I'm gonna cry. her and them? And <laughs> what, what are some of the best things that you hold on to from those years that shaped you? I can if I can spit it out we're all crying today um yeah I think we're actually all crying because I think there's like I like I think there's a lot of deep mother wounds right like I think I think a lot of people carry a lot of hurt and one of the reasons that I kind of ended up where I was is I was living alone with my dad um whom I love very much and I, I found my faith but I knew I couldn't pursue it where I was living and in the context I was in with my father and um just met Jesus found a family to call, you know, my church family and then moved in with these guys and just their willingness to take in like a complete stranger as I was like on my journey of faith was, it spoke volumes to me, not having come from a family like that, not having parents that would necessarily do anything like that, not seeing that big picture. And, mm-hmm. um, cause your mom, instead of taking people in, she actually left. Yeah. Yeah. She left when I was eight. Um, so I had never had a mother figure in the home since I was eight years old. And so getting to move into this house where it was like this awesome family, there were so many kids, there's so much life. Um, and I moved in while the person, the other young man that you took in was also there. And he was in a really difficult place emotionally and just physically in a lot of ways. And, um, I mean, even that spoke. And while I was there, you took in somebody else. So there's actually like three orphans in your basement. Like it was me and these two other, it was a young lady and a young man. And we were all just like taking up space in this, this family's home. Um, and it taught, it taught me so much. Like, I think something that I've brought with me from your, from your house is like, our doors are always open. My kitchen was always open. That was great. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, like our doors are always open. And so I got to take like that one element from that that home, from your guys' home and from, from your spiritual 
leadership in my life. And yeah, so I don't know. That was like one. Talk, really- talk more about that piece, the spiritual leadership in your life, how you observed her, uh, maybe with her kids or yeah. get more granular about. Yeah, I mean, there was like small stuff here and there that were just practices in the home. Like we would take out the Bible at dinner sometimes. There'd be prayer. There was tons of care and compassion. Mrs. E would almost do like counseling sessions with all of us. Like inadvertently, we just walk upstairs in our pajamas, sit down and talk for three hours, whether it was, you know, the other two or me or one of the kids or like everybody was just always involved in caring for one another and listening to one another. And I think there was just that space to like learn and grow and talk about our faith um, and and be cared for, honestly. Like mm. at, at such a time, like young, young adulthood is a very difficult time to navigate for most people mm. emotionally and spiritually, um, mentally. And yeah, there's just so, so much room to just ponder those things at your home. Mm. So much space for that. Uh, you're probably hearing some of this and thinking, Emily, you have such rose-colored glasses, yes. right? Yes. You're making it sound so perfect. You're making it sound so beautiful. <laughs> but you have, uh, you probably look back on your story and you see some more of the, some of the ups, but yes. also probably some of the downs. Yeah. Um, what are some of the downs you journeyed through that you feel like shaped you as a mother? Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe some of the, it could be, mm-hmm. Um, that one of the kids was acting a fool. It could have been that you made a mistake or maybe share a couple of stories that we could really learn from. Um, from during that time or before? Just your whole journey of motherhood. Um, yeah. yeah, it definitely wasn't all rosy. I don't want to paint that picture. I mean, there was, you know, many hardships even between, you know, husband and wife, communication, stuff like that. But I think my desire for having the kids feel safe and warm and fed kind of overrode everything else. As long as I could give the kids a place to call home, a place to lay their head down and just be, that was important for me. And um, I think the younger kids too helped with, with that, with the older ones and just I don't know, it became, it could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, I struggled with, you know, um, with some of my own children, especially um, one of them who walked away from the Lord or walked out of the, or my life already at 18. Um, and then I had twins at the time that were quite young. And I just remember at that time how painful that was, but I knew I needed to let it go. And so one thing that I will always remember is how I had tucked the little ones into bed and sitting in the rocking chair, just, just praying and going, you know, I can't do this anymore, Lord. If the oldest one doesn't come, you know, around, um, well, whatever, he's yours. And even if it takes 40 years mm-hmm. and, um, unbeknownst to me, I think, I don't even remember really the timeline. I think it was probably three years later. We had since then moved and he came back to the Lord and mm-hmm. just, uh, and I've had those experience with two other, my kids too, who was, you know, quite a struggle. So I've had some kids that have eased very well into life, never really gave me trouble, but I also had ones that were, it was very difficult, but I learned that forgiveness is a key. Mm. going back, talking to them about it. 
um, and really examining myself and mm. how I, what I did wrong and <clears throat> apologizing for that and being open and honest about the stupidity mm. and the, you know, the idiot things that I might've said or done mm-hmm. to them. Um, Mm. embarrassing as it could be right mm-hmm. but just talking openly to them mm-hmm. and um yeah and then seeing mm. god's grace through that and giving them grace to you know navigate their own way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also giving them the time and the space to realize you know if they want to say sorry or just mm-hmm. the forgiveness part it doesn't always come yeah. right away but it takes time mm-hmm. and yeah. uh we've definitely accomplished that i do believe that that's mm-hmm. one thing that um God has been really gracious with that and seen us through that, that we were able to talk things through, mm-hmm. all seven of them, and, you know, of any mistakes we've made. And, um, yeah, move forward from that. And that right. That's huge. Like, and even though we have other struggles, that part is really, mm-hmm. it's been huge in our, mm-hmm. in our life. How, how was it maybe carrying the weight of some of those mistakes? And, like, I know you said seeking uh, reconciliation was important and mm-hmm. what maybe like brought you to a place where you could do that hey buddy ah see this is life being a mother here's our um, little one come on in like what brought me to uh where you could come to a place where those mistakes weren't just a point of shame and you kept them hidden but you were willing to confront those face those and and see transformation happen in spite of those things well, I just think realizing that God is our father and he loves us no matter what yeah. and he forgives us and we need to, yeah, just, I just learned to really go, I've made mistakes come here, come here. and just as my kids make mistakes, I forgive them. I don't hold that yeah. against them. Um, you know, I can think of some of the worst things and I still don't hold that against them. And I really had to see that as I was God's child and he does the same for us. So. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I think like I've only been a mom for six years, but one of the biggest things that I've learned that is so transformative, even for my young kids, is when I'm able to say sorry yeah. and lead out in reconciliation with my kids. And like I've definitely made mistakes, even even in the six years, I've made tons of mistakes and points where I've like I've, I've hurt their feelings or, or crushed their little spirits for a minute. Yeah. And um, and. Yeah, one of the greatest things is being able like to have that tool that wasn't necessarily taught to me in my home explicitly, but just that tool of reconciliation with kids. And I think I think it's hard because I know a lot of women who never got that from their moms. Um, so how do we like how do we how do we gain that being children of God and like being able to pass that down to our kids if we didn't receive it? And I think that's like an interesting, yeah, interesting challenge um, or problem that arises. And I think we can get what we need, obviously, from the Lord and also from mm-hmm. our brothers and sisters and from spiritual mothers and things like that. Yeah, because even if you weren't raised that way, I wasn't raised that way. I mm-hmm. think you can really learn and grow into that by either reading or, you know, having a spiritual mother or friends or, or, or whatever. Yeah. 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 Welcome, Adam, back. Yeah. yeah. Thank Brief you. intermission. <laughs> life is a mom right yeah yeah Yeah, for real um one thing that i really wanted to address um with you and see someone else's perspective on is i know um we're a church of a lot of young moms and something that has just been really rampant or i think is just really common 
in the life of a mother is loneliness and depression throughout those early years and navigating navigating how to overcome those two things. And I don't know, have you experienced those things as a mom? More so up here than I did in where I was, you know, where the kids grew up. Mm-hmm. We had a larger community. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say too much about that, but it just, for me, it was better there than it was up here. Mm-hmm. I felt more lost up here, but that mm-hmm. also could be because of trying to make new friendships. We had a lot of kids. Not a lot of people had a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. Um, There wasn't the same dynamics as um, where we used to live. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I struggled through that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I just did a lot on my own. I'm a little bit of a headstrong that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So we kind of did it on our own Mm -hmm. and just went forward. Yeah. Tell me about Mm -hmm. what was good about those early years that helped maybe keep off some of those things like so you mentioned community what about that community community was huge back then it was just a given of where we lived it was a farming community you just were always with your friends uh Mm. you just did coffee dates you did play dates it was it was just big back then i think um being part of a church there where it had you know, every week it was a given. You just went to coffee break, which is a Bible study for women. And there was babysit for the kids. Um, that was how I was raised. That's how we lived, you know, for 20 years on the farm. So I think that was, um, well, it was, it was a blessing definitely mm-hmm. and a huge part of my life. And I mm-hmm. think, um, I don't really know how that kind of played into later on, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think probably something there is... I know it's important, put it that way. I know it's important and should be maybe more... um, uh, How do you say that? Made more important to have that, especially for young moms to get together. Be very intentional. Yes, more intentional, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, what I'm hearing is is that, especially for maybe people are considering having kids, like invest in your relationships early. Yes. Yeah. So that when that time comes, yeah. that is already there. Yeah. If that's not the case for you and you find yourself maybe struggling in the middle of it right now, um, be with a group of people who you can create that with mm-hmm. together. Exactly. I and think that's important. The Huge. struggle with building new friendships is like maybe for us, if you're in that place, like you, ha- you just have to take a risk mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you have to try somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it may be hard, but the fruit that can come out of mm-hmm. what you may gain if you take a risk yeah. and and try and establish those rhythms. Because those sound like some really healthy rhythms. Like spend some time away from the kids once in a while, yeah. if, if anything, regularly, and center on those relationships that help mm-hmm. keep you stable and mindful. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think a lot of moms tend to lose their identity, I think, after that's like a common conversation, I think, in the women groups that I'm a part of is like, we have kids and we kind of lose, people will describe it like I lost my passions or my hobbies or these things. But thankfully in Christ, our identity is like so much more than that. Mm. It's so much more than our hobbies. Um, And I think after, after I had my first, one of the things that was really beneficial was to push myself 
to do uncomfortable things. Um, like go to the drop-in where I knew nobody and it was a bunch of strangers, but it helps to just get me out of the house. And my youngest actually like gave me more space and um, played and I got just a chance to like take a break. We have yeah. a special guest. Sorry guys. <laughs> um, so I don't know, like the drop-in and pushing myself to do things and pushing myself to meet new new neighbors or people with kids or do life with and share that burden a little bit helped a lot. I don't know. I don't know if you were able to do that, like with, with young kids. And I know the community up here is different. Like things are less accessible, especially in the winter. Things yeah. are further away. We just had, um, it was more the people we grew up with, right? So it's your, just your church friends. Um, there was always something available and always someone's house to go to. It was play dates at someone else's house. We didn't really worry too much about our furniture yeah. um, and things like that. It was just something we did. I don't know if it's as much up here as it was back then. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I've noticed it's so funny how, how lonely women are even in the city. Yeah. I don't think it even yeah. changes. And so, yeah, I don't know if I have any like magical tools to like help no. the young women, but I think it's just challenging yourself yeah. to go out on night. I know that there yeah. should be, there is play groups around. Oh there yeah. Is play yeah. groups in the area here too. And those so. things seem small, but they open up the door yeah. for community. Mm -hmm. They open up the door to share the load with the kids. Like now it's not two parents that have to make two lunches for two or more kids. It's it's like one parent can host and carry that burden yeah. and share that and um, and just do life together and share that struggle and talk about the sleepless nights and like have somebody to Absolutely. relate to and even Absolutely. even share like our mistakes with. Yeah. Right. Like, man, like if I didn't have some moms be like, man, I had a really hard day. I, my my temper was was tough today. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was never nice to my kids. I just felt like I was making it through or whatever. Like I, tons of women have different problems or issues or just proclivity to sin, but it's just nice to have someone to talk to about that stuff. And so trusting, trusting our community with our sin even, or our shortcomings is like, that was Absolutely. huge for me too. Yeah. You yeah. have to. Yeah. So I got some questions. Your, your children are older now. And your grandma, and so mm -hmm. the legacy is starting to perpetuate from like this kind of from your you and Tony. You're part of the story, right? The mm -hmm. legacy of your kids and the grandkids, and we have a lot of young families who are in the thick of diapers and the late nights and all this stuff. Um, what do they have to look forward to? Like when you put in those years of investment, and those kids grow up, uh, what are some of the beautiful things that come out of the the kind of, you're, you're probably kind of in the middle years you know there'll be the latter years where then the grandkids get older you know um and so you still have a long road to go still but those middle years where, that you're in right now what are you seeing what kind of fruit are you seeing come out of that um well first of all i just really want to encourage the moms to enjoy where you're at with them mm. don't rush it mm. yes i know it's full of toys and dirty furniture and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But really, they're absolutely precious. Those years are precious. You can never gain them back. Mm. Take it slow, you're in it. Um, it'll go fast once you're in school. Um, and how do I see that that legacy now? Yeah, like think um, the relationship between the kids maybe or what they've, what they've been able to, how they've been able to influence up here or I don't know. What are you seeing come out of your kids that you just are enjoying at the moment? 
know, what is oh, the Oh, just I love watching them be parents and how they do it with their own children mm-hmm. and enjoying that they even do things differently than me, um, better than better than we did. Um, I'm not intimidated by that. I don't think my husband is either. I think it's very neat to see them go far beyond mm-hmm. what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the neatest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and, uh, if they can do better, build better, do better with their kids. Um, yeah, that that's great. I, I really like that. Yeah. Enjoy I think that. we've heard that a lot yeah. from like Adam and Randy have had some conversations mm-hmm. too. And it's just like a common theme. Like, man, how can we prepare prepare our kids and the next generation and our spiritual children for like to set them up for for kingdom success, for godly success, stuff like that. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, praying for them is one thing and mm-hmm. allowing them to make the mistakes and learning and growing through that. That's mm-hmm. that's one thing and not holding on too tight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk more about that. What Have there been moments where you did hold on too tight? What happened where that was the case? Yeah. And then moments where you let go and what happened when that was the case? Yeah. When you let go and let them, you have to be, yeah, use your wisdom. <laughs> it's not always easy. Um, yeah, there's a time when, when I held on too tightly and the consequences of that were not good. I think we, you know, um, is there a story you're willing to share there? Yeah. Do I use names here? Yeah. I'm just, I, you, you just say one of my sons or one of my daughters. One of my, it's, yeah. It's, it's so, well, with the twins at that time, I think, um, Maybe it was a little bit more overprotective with them. Not sure. They were boys. Um, and they're the youngest. They're the youngest, the babies. And I held on a bit too tightly. We were homeschooling. And then, I, you know, they went to high school. And, uh, yeah, they were making decisions. And I was, yeah, we were not happy with. And I kind of really put my foot down. I see now the mistakes I had to but it took, you know, about five years. They they left. They went to the city. They went to school. I I kind of lost those years. Hmm. I found that very difficult at the time. But looking back and seeing them now and how they, you know, how they are coming back and the relationship, um, I see how God has restored a lot of that. Um, yeah, I won't get that back, that those five years, but we're very close now and, and how they, you know, treat mom and dad now and how they're around. Yeah, it, it's, it's, I love seeing how God restores and oftentimes it's quicker than you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So that's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that. I noticed that you guys did, whether it was intentional I mean, you never actively spoke about it, but one thing I always noticed was that you raised your kids up in order to send them out. You didn't like yes. withhold yes. Yeah. like their, you didn't want to keep them as children. You like built them into men and women who who love Jesus. And mm-hmm. in, in doing so, you you were able to like do things like ask for forgiveness or be patient in their in their wandering and in their disconnect from you and in those tensions and you were willing to say sorry 
um, which made them willing to say sorry. And it's it's just amazing that you were able to do that because I think it's a tough thing, especially with young kids that you're like, oh, I could never send out my baby. Like, so, you know, that's kind of like a common, common thread. But I love that you just raised them up to send them out and you sent them out like on mission. And like, I know a lot of your kids pretty well and they they love God and, you know, and it's always a journey, but it's just amazing to watch your guys' family. Yeah, I think it was always a desire for me in my own heart that, you know, wherever God takes them, I didn't care if he took them to the ends of the earth as long as they um, love the Lord, worship the Lord. Um, that's easier said than done. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so and, and letting them make their own decisions, I think it's in, important. They don't need to follow you and everything you do. They can make their own traditions. They can make their own even their own church life, their own friend life, you know, um, your job is to pray for them and guide them the best you can and, mm-hmm. and then leave the rest to God. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. I think that that concept there <clears throat> is illustrated really well in this passage where Hannah dedicates uh, her child to the Lord and is willing to mm-hmm. sit, sit. When you talk about like, I got to the end with my oldest son and I just had to release him to the Lord. I didn't, I knew that in my own strength, I had nothing else to do or give or offer. And I just had to entrust that. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, hearing you say like five years, I'm like, man, Blakely's six. Like that's almost her whole life, you know? And that I was like, wow, that is a, that is a, a felt loss. Like that is so real. That's such a length of time to be waiting, to be trusting, to be holding hands open for it. And yeah. like, oh my gosh, I couldn't, like that's, you know, we kind of joke about old people sometimes, but like you've really been through a lot and there's like, there's a seasoned grace there and uh you probably know this verse already but i'll just give it to you as a reminder that and you already said that this has happened and is happening um that the lord restores the years that the locusts have eaten away yes and uh, thank you just for being that example (laughs) thank you for persevering thank you for trusting even in those moments where i imagine it was not easy um and in a world where the it's not the kingdom design that the parents would leave, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have stories about the prodigal son and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Re- and they return, you know, mm-hmm. when they realize the love of the, the father, the yeah. parents. Yeah. Um, but it's not the kingdom design that the parents are to abandon the children. Mm-hmm. And so thank you for being the one who persevered and waited. <clears throat> whether it felt perfect to you or not. Thank you for trusting Jesus through that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could you just deposit a blessing into our community by praying for us? Um, and we'll end our time on that. Is that good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you do that for us? Okay. Lord, we just come together now as, um, especially as young moms, Lord, and young parents. 
Lord, that you will just bless them, give them the strength, open doors for them, Lord, that they can um, come together as moms and not be afraid of their mistakes, of the of the things they've done wrong to their children, Lord, but maybe open doors of coming together as moms, friends, play dates, whatever, whatever you have in store for them, Lord, may they seek that out. And may they never be ashamed of what they do, but always come to you and bring it before you. Mm. Yeah, and I just thank you for all the young moms, all the, even the older moms and grandparents who are out there. Yeah, just give them strength for each other. May they be willing to be there mm. for each other, Lord. That's an important thing. And open our hearts to that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.